0: And welcome to the Men Up Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am Christian Shabu.
1: Drew Chin. Lil Van Dyke. Lamar Wongo.
0: And together, we are the four guys forging a friendship of accountability, love, and action. A bond that will go beyond this moment, and we are inviting y'all in. We like to start with a warm-up. This is a question that's equal parts fun and focused to get us ready for the game ahead. You know, you can think of it as the layup line for your mind. So, this week, our question Since we are focused this week on love, gentlemen, name one of your favorite love songs. I'll kick us off here. Ain't no mountain high enough. Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell, just a classic and just a powerful message about love. Ain't no mountain high enough, baby, to keep me from getting to you, babe. Drew, I'm talking to you. What do you got?
2: I will respond to that and say simply the best. It's a cover from, shout out to Tina Turner's original, the best, but Simply the best for those Shits Creeks fans. You know what I'm talking about.
0: Simply the best. Yo,
3: that song. That song's fire. I would say any love song by 112. Ooh, like Cupid. I'll Cupid. say Cupid. Oh, yeah, Cupid. I say Cupid for, for, for that, but any of them.
0: Maybe not Peaches and Cream. That's not so much a love song.
3: Ah, <laughs> or is it?
0: Will, as our man in the music industry. I know that you've got a strong viewpoint on on love songs here. What you got?
1: The song we played at our wedding was Home by a band called Edward Sharp and the Magnetic, Magnetic Zeros, which you know we, to this day, still love dearly. But uh, as a 2000s emo kid, anything by Saves the Day, about brokenhearted love, that that any of those... We are talking
0: about love here today, specifically expressing the words, I love you and affirmations within our relationships with men, with other men, but also just generally and why that matters to our mental health. So Drew, I'm going to pass it over to you. What is a pep talk, some inspiration, some motivation to get us started?
2: This is my first pep talk. So we're asking for some, uh, <laughs> some grace here. I thought what would inspire us is to look at a movie called I Love You, Man and Shabu and I are going to just recite a couple lines here because we I thought this is uh really inciting like the hard that it is to tell another man I love you. So,
0: am, am I Peter or Sydney? Or I'm going to play the role of Peter Claven. Okay, great. She would be the role of Sydney Fife. Okay. There we go. I love you, man. I love you too, bud. I love you, dude. I love you, bro Montana. I love you, Holmes. That was nice. I felt it. <laughs> Tingle right here. Are you, you guys still going?
2: Yeah. <laughs> let me bring it home and someone set it up so y'all can't see Lamar and Will smiling but um, this idea of saying I love you is hard and also saying I love you to another man is hard as well Um, and I'm speaking as a heterosexual man and I think it is something that we think about as a society of like is it assumed love or you know why what's holding us back so I like this movie because it, it gets you into that mind space of, you know, what are my relationships with other men? You know, where am I lacking? And like, how do I really express um, gratitude and love?
1: I'm slightly uh, disappointed that we did not do the Wayne's world version of I love you, man from, from Wayne's world it was probably the first movie part where I saw two men you know actually like getting to the point of saying I love you to each other one of the characters in that scene obviously really really needed Wayne to say that he loves him back and so I I found that uh, uh, you know when when you guys were going to read a scene together I was like oh I hope it's this one because Shabu and I have a long long history of, of Wayne's world eighth grade we would make some people at our table very, very angry because we would recite the entire movie verbatim and dressed up even, I believe, in high school as Wayne and Garth together. It's
0: definitely in my top five for costumes that I've ever done for Halloween. Oh, it was
1: absolutely fantastic. It was spot on the whole time. We, we I killed it. For context, uh, he, was, he was Wayne and I was Garth. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Will, check in here
0: and tell us what the actual topic is for today 's episode
1: let 's actually go back to the origins of this podcast to talk about today 's topic. One of the things that I initially noticed about this group of friends was that you guys ended every call with "I love you," and I did not say that, but I made a mental note of it as to what was happening around me, and it made me initially uncomfortable it was just a, there was just a level of uh, uncertainty to responding back to it. I didn't know, you know, half of you guys, you know, Drew Lamar, we have never still never met in person. And so I, I, I thought that that was an initial, like, jolt. Now that we've, you know, sort of gone many, many months here, my perspective on uh, on saying it has certainly changed. Uh, I still, I think, use a, a bit of a tongue-in-cheek response when doing it, but it doesn't mean and I hope it doesn't come across this way that it means less, you know, because I think it took a minute for me to get there. And so this is just what, this is the way that I do it.
0: You brought up obviously the dynamic as to like why we decided to make this an actual episode. And it got me thinking about, well, who's one of the first guys that I said, I love you too. And I took a step further. I went beyond direct family members. Right. Because I, I think that there certainly in my life was an expression of love um, with the guys in my family, right? They're, they were family members that would say, I love you, not all the time, certainly, but, but made it known. But then I started thinking about like, well, who, beyond that, if, there, if love was only expressed with men in my family and not other men, who, who, were, who was one of the first guys that I said that to? And honestly, for me, it came up with one of our guidance counselors from high school, uh, Ken. Who you know really took a, a lot of interest in my life and making sure like I would be set up long term for success, but it, it took that kind of love and care and a safe space. Who was one of the first guys that you said I love you to beyond just your family members?
2: It's it's your boy Shabu. Um, the the fun kind of evolution of this and my wife will should be telling this story, but um, Shabu and I used to end calls being like much love. That was our thing. We would say much love. And to me, it was a way of expressing like, I care about you. Like, thank you for honoring me and all that. But it was the scapegoat of not saying I love you. And I think Shabu flipped the script. I think it was maybe this year end of last year where I started noticing him saying like, I love you. And I, I still said much love. And it's just funny because now not only do I say it, but you know, when we get on the call with uncle Shabu, it's also making sure like my kids are expressing it too. Cause it is modeling it for them. And that's important to me to model it for my son, to be able to say I love you to another man. And it's important for my daughter to hear that too, of men saying I love you to another man.
3: I might have to peg Shabu as well. What can I say? You open me up.
0: Or or I just wear down all my friends to say I love you. Maybe that's what it is. (laughs) I feel guilty. Do you love me or
3: not? Do you love me? You know, I think moving to New York, And just working with the Future Project in general really changed uh, my verbal ability to say I love you and also my physical ability to receive love. Um, And so I think inside of that space, I communicated to many men, you know, maybe at some point in passing, nothing like super formal. I think Shabu and I had calls like two years ago. We were accountability partners. And I don't know, did we talk about it, Christian? I feel like we talked about it. Uh, about like what it meant to like say that to each other Uh, but I think really the we were both excited to have the space to be vulnerable with another man and that was something that took it really took the took the power into those calls it was not just about like oh let's check in for work but like let's talk about life then we'll check in for work Um, and so that made it really easy to be like yeah, I love this guy because I know he cares about me and vice versa.
1: I've certainly expressed love for friends in, in ways using the word love, but not in the context of like, you know, I love you, period, end of thought, end of sentence. Uh, I think that there's been moments where we've had very deep conversations where I've tried to make sure that somebody knows very explicitly that I care and love for them.
0: I think part of the challenge for us is that it's just not a thing and we practice.
2: Yeah, that's good. I, I was reading and, and researching for this episode too. I went down the rabbit hole and someone wrote something on the huffton Post and I liked it. That the guy basically said, We need to spot other men like we do weightlifting and saying like I love you and, and expressing their feelings and gratitude for supporting us.
1: What I've noticed at least recently is that it hasn't been an act of avoidance of using those words, but it, it is a sense of, you know, let's, let's meet them where they are a lot of times too, rather than forcing it like Shabu does. (laughs) That's going to be a running theme now. It's so crucial. I think sometimes to be supportive and in very specific and explicit terms that like, this is where we are and, and historically, particularly with men and relationships and stuff like that, it's all unspoken foundations, which can sometimes be uh, weak, you know, because you haven't sort of laid the full foundation and the groundwork and said, look at what we have, or look at where we are in our relationship type of thing. And you're not calling it out specifically. Um, that I think is is the is the challenging part but but I think it 's important to meet them where they are a lot of times too
3: who you say it to is a direct result of the comfort level you have with that person and the relationship that has been developed, um, and some people just exude that like i take i thinking about this topic, I kind of looked at my core group of friends here that I speak to pretty much daily, um, and there 's one guy who is just like people just love this guy they just love his energy they love his positivity they love just like what he brings to any space and it's very vibrant like can light up any room Um, and I think so many people feel connected to him in a way that it's easy to communicate like bro I love you man because that's what he he puts out even if he doesn't say I love you he brings the love and what he just how he is how he shows up i've got great friends guy friends that i've been you know friends with forever and you know every now and again we get in a deep conversation where it's like we could probably say it but like on the day-to-day it would probably be made fun of criticized why would you say that and that's a whole other conversation around like how Uh, toxic masculinity has
0: that love is somehow always sexualized. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's a whole nother
3: thing, but like we can go there every now and again, but like for the most part, it's, it's not shared. And so I was so grateful for, to be in a space constantly talking to Christian to where that I knew I could communicate the feelings that I was having um, and things that I was experiencing and also knowing it was being received, not, and not judged as like too emotional, too sensitive, whatever. And then we get in that call with like legit saying like, No, like, I just, I love you,
0: man. To build on that, Lamar, right? It's a comfortability with the other person. It's also a comfortability with yourself, right? I I can remember the first couple guys beyond just family members that I said, I love you too, right? To Drew's point, it was not a direct, I love you. It was like much love or I got love for you, bro, or or things like that, right? And even when I did that, I can remember those moments early on in like my late teens, early 20s, where I was like, all right, I'm gonna try this out, see what happens. I was like trying it on for size, but it was still really uncomfortable. And I think about, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast here, the last two years have been really intentional for me in cultivating space to be comfortable with what is often uncomfortable for me, which is loneliness, right? And it's only been in those times where I've done that kind of work and done the reflection on like, oh, what, what am I really trying to say here when I say to Drew, much love, why am I not just saying I love you, right? And it's taken time to do that work, be comfortable with it with myself before I can say it. Drew or Lamar or Will to say, I love you.
2: It's limited vocabulary, whether it's where we hear it from families or schools or our environments to just not being curious enough, like what that means. And I think Lamar's brought to this like level setting of what does that mean to you? And what does it mean to me? And like, you know, let's find that common denominator. And there's a, there's a doctor shout out to Yale. It's his name's Dr. Mark Brackett. And he has this book about like making sure we give each other emotional literacy for our children for the schools and the workplace because like, you know, when you talk about emotional intelligence, like it's, it's heavy. So if you want to go all the way to being expressive for like gratitude, there's different words for that. It doesn't have to be, I love you, but what does the moment call for and do others recognize it? And then I think environments matter. I started a lot of my professional career in higher education. So colleges working in student affairs and, You know, shout out to my former boss, mentor, like friend to this day, you know, Dr. Patty Perillo at Davidson College. She created this environment of love. She said it in more ways than others. And a lot of it is she would just honor who you are and hold space. And I didn't know what that was. I think I was into it, but like she really expanded my mindset and my heart to say like, it's okay to lead with that. But she created an environment of safety too for her staff and for the students. And she continues to do that to this day at like the University of Maryland. And I think that's important. And I think as we talk about toxic masculinity and other things, there's just these other perceptions of like what is safe and what is not. And we mentioned the red table talk in the last episode, the doctor that unpacked it with Will Smith, she said, look, after food and water, the biggest need next is safety.
1: So there was a memo that got passed around that Joe Biden sent in, I believe it was 2014, to his staff regarding family obligations and holidays and those sort of things. And and, and in sharing, you know, in his memo, he sort of, you know, expressed how much he would be disappointed if staff were to miss family obligations. And, you know, uh, he he expressed his level of care for his staff you know me testing out you know sort of tone and and style and uh approach to things tried to piggyback off of that to just show you know I cared you know and 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 in a really genuine way, those are the ways in which you can express uh a true compassion for other people. Professionally, while also not necessarily having to say specifically that, like, you know, um, you love them or anything like that, because that there, there there is a level to which professional setting might not call for that level. You might not need to hit that degree again, because we're also talking about a bit of a spectrum of 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 feelings and care and and that sort of thing as well. I guess I have never processed. Um, the need for love or the um expression of love as a from a point of view of where i need it it's not an absence of but it is like maybe just the support mechanism that's you know that that it's like a launch pad instead of a foundation it's like a launch pad where it's like okay you know if i if we get this situation or if we get this level of support from friends it's a launch pad rather than like first filling in the hole to get us to level ground
3: i was i was in a hole and i had to get to level ground two episodes ago i was talking about like what it means to to have a bunch of relationships but still feel lonely and a lot of that goes back to like how much i give to relationships versus how much other people think they should give or if they are prepared to give as much as I'm giving, which I you know, I never put that on anyone, from starting all the way out there, all the way to like, you know, telling Christian that I love him, like I needed to be filled up in order to just get to ground base. Um, because I just think we've talked about it a lot where there's just a lot of assumptions, a lot of assuming that will be we've been friends for 25 years, so of course I love you, but like, do you, you know, and you were saying, like, do your act. And one of my questions about this topic was like, do your actions of love speak louder than saying the words I love? You? And so I just hadn't spent a lot of time like actually feeling the love. And I, I think I might value feeling the love more than I do people saying it to me. Um, and so I felt like I was just at a deficit. I was at a, a feeling the love deficit and I needed to get, I needed to get to ground base so I could actually start communicating with somebody that like a friend of mine that, I, you know, like I actually do love and care about you i don't know just receive it you know and i'm getting emotional thinking about it but yeah just like a place to get to the ground and like reassure yourself that like you're not alone and people care as much as you do
2: hey like thank you um love you and you know, and, and thank you for your honesty of like that, that deficit, you know, and that you don't have a foundation because I'll just say for me, well, to do this podcast and like I talk about environments, again, I felt I could do it because I have enough kind of love stored up from my family as well as my relationship with Shabu that's like, I trust where this is going. I trust he'll make a safe enough environment where I can be myself and I can try new things. And just so you all know, like being myself is like, share what I want to think, but trying new things is like giving feedback. Feedback is tough for me. So when it's on our business meetings or whatnot, like I don't want to be the one to say it, but I do it because I know you all have my back. I do it because I know you all will at least listen to it and I'll do it because you all will say good, but not right now kind of thing or great. So I, I do that because I had a, a surplus that I could take from. And what this group has given me is to add on to that. So it has been, I had the foundation. And
0: now I'm I'm launching off, and every
2: time we do a meeting or a podcast or text start, it it keeps building that currency and that capital for me.
0: Yeah, getting to level ground. Will, I, I really I appreciate that metaphors have made me it made me think a little bit more critically than than I had been around why why do I find it so necessary to say I love you to you guys to other men in my life, but but broadly, right? And I think about any of the, any of the moments that I feel like I still need to do some of the work. I talked about this last, last episode, right? Like I've reached sort of a place where I've done a lot of work on my own and I I need a little bit more work, but any of those spaces, whether it's in romantic relationships with my dad, whatever, part of the, part of the drama or trauma of it has been me feeling like I did not communicate. I love you. Did I communicate it in action? I'm sure. Right. Did I communicate it sometimes? Uh, in a negative way with action. I'm sure of that too. Right. But, but the acknowledgement and the use of the words, I love you for, for me, for whatever reasons, like I carries a significant amount. Right. And, and it takes a bit of reflection to really understand like, okay, do I really love this person and in what way? And I, and I feel like I literally just went through this uh, in the last couple of weeks of there's a woman I'm dating. Right. And I, I have felt a lot of things for her and, and have expressed love, I think pretty clearly. But I got to the point of like, I need to say I love you. Like and, and I talked to Drew a little bit about it. I talked to a couple other buddies about it just to like as sounding boards. And at the end of the day, I mean what what pushed me to say it was not the hope that it would be received and then given back, although that's awesome, right? It was that I need to tell you this, like because I need to get I need to get to level ground and have you know, matter of fact with my words that I love you.
3: Maybe why we don't say it is because the fear of being rejected right sure. in, in a partnership that looks like oh i don't quite feel the same and still for you to be able to say but this is just how i feel i have to i because it, it it almost has the opposite effect if you hold on to it, it it's like it's heavy yeah right yeah. even though it's more in a positive light versus like You know uh whatever the the opposite of that would be but it's like it's heavy to carry the positive burden of love that you can't share because you're scared that it might kind of complicate the situation or she might run or or she might leave you know like like oh too much too soon um so yeah man like that's 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 real
0: which is probably like heightened if it's with your if it's with your buddies if it's with your guy friends right because if we already know that we don't practice enough saying I love you, when you do say it to your buddies, like, oh, is is one of my best buddies just going to run? Because now now they're afraid of it. Like, how is that going to be received? I I think to your point, Lamar, yeah, there's there's perhaps a heightened sense of will this be received well?
1: It's sort of in the modeling as we were talking about that there's so little of the support, and this really gets to the core of sort of why we're also having a lot of the discussions that we're having, is that the core of the of the support mechanisms or, or in the, in the context around like love and, and, and um, everything that builds to love is just not modeled amongst men on a regular basis. And so like it, I think a lot of times why for, for those of us who are comfortable saying it out loud or saying it to our male friends, it feels like a big jump or, or like a jolt to the friendship because guys haven't modeled where you know the the, everything else around it we're we're more prone to you know taking men down a peg we're more competitive but
3: on the flip side it made me think about the guy i was telling you about earlier where like he walks into the room and like he just cultivates this like handshake hugs love like and I, I I look at lots of other groups of guy friends and there are like a number of guy friends that like when they see each other, it's like huge embraces. I'm like, what the fuck is like, and I, I've like, I've, I've never really been like, it's not how I generally react. And I'm like, well, what, you know, am I not doing something that like facilitates that? And maybe it's just not who I am, which I'm willing to accept as well. Um, but it's like, it does exist in pockets where there are men that are like deeply connected and like. You know, I think about. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't a big uh, when I was younger. I wasn't a big like rough play kind of person, like horsing around uh, type. And, I, and weirdly, I feel like if you have that type of relationship with your guy friends, that like you are actually, you know, wrestling around on the ground is like your hug, and that like leads to like this facilitation of like touch that's okay between men. And you know what I mean, like your bravado comes out, but it's like all in, like
1: fucking around. You know what I mean? Chibu and I are laughing because you just described the first twenty years of our friendship. Yeah, and that's real. I mean, we, we nine times out of ten, any any activity that we were participating in would end up end up with us like wrestling on the ground, and you know, like it, it would just it just would it, it any of it. it yeah. And so I, you just described twenty years. <laughs> I believe
3: it.
2: What I'm hearing you say, Lamar, is people give and receive love differently. And shout out to Dr. Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages. like Soft title. A ton of people know it. If you don't know it, look it up. Do the quiz. And here's the theory. Love is an act of communication. So the idea is how I want to communicate it, I'm hoping someone will receive it that way. The flip of it is how I want to receive it is often my bias of how I communicate that. And that's not the same for everyone. And so like when you're talking about hugs and like, and you know, Shabu and Will are talking about giggling, like wrestling, like that is what they've described as like physical touch. Like I know Shabu is a physical touch love person because like he loves hugs. And that's where I'm like, man, I'm a little worried about him in COVID. You know, like who's he getting hugs from? Right. Um, other ones, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts and acts of service. And like, this is usually where people like couples, especially always butt heads because they think they're giving love because it's the way they'd want to receive it. But the problem is it's not doing it in the language that someone else wants. And what I love about this theory, you take it even further. The the book talks about um, different dialects. So for example, like there's different dialects of Spanish, you know, like Spain, Spanish is different than South American Spanish. So you still may be thinking you're, you're doing it right. Like. Your physical touch may be a hug for someone, but someone else just needs like a dap and that's it. And again, it's this thing of we don't talk about it. So then we're kind of left not knowing. And I think when it is done right, because we match up, that's when we feel seen. That's when we feel heard. The, the challenge is we spend so much time of relationships that we're cultivating everyone is that we're not assessing it. You know, am I, am I meeting them where, they're, where they need to be met? I think you said that, Will. And How do I build off that?
0: Whatever kind of love it is you have for whether it's guys in your life or your family members or your partner, have you taken the time to really think about and give yourself that access to those feelings and to those words and then expressing it, right? And that's why I think we wanted to do this episode during this holiday season, right? This is a prime opportunity, right? Particularly in a moment when we are in a pandemic, when we're in really challenging times to make sure that you create the space to understand the love you have for the people in your life and communicate that in whatever way is most powerful for you and for them. So like we like to do every week here with the Men Up podcast, we want to make sure that we are offering resources, ideas, and people that continue to inspire and motivate us to level up. And so, Drew, you already started doing that with talking about the five love languages, but I want to kick it over to you. What's our first outlet pass for today's episode?
2: I'm going to share something called the mood meter app. It's again from uh, Dr. Mark Brackett and he and his team. It's a dollar on Apple iTunes um, as well as Android, but it lets you assess in that moment, like how am I feeling? And it gives you a couple other questions to unplug and it maps it. And I just think it's really powerful reflection for our audience to get in real time, and it will give you emotional literacy so that you're able to communicate in the moment, whatever's calling for it.
0: You know, Drew, you mentioned how it was like a couple of years ago, there was sort of a shift between the language you and I were sharing around uh, love instead of just saying much love to I love you. One of the things, one of the articles, essays that I read during that time, which was critical to that reframe, was an article called, Why Can't Men Say I Love You to Each Other by Ricardo F. Hamarillo. And this article, it was an essay, part of the New York Times Essay Contest. It was, one, incredibly personal from Ricardo, but really it just helped me to shift and examine why wasn't I just saying I love you, right? So y'all check that article out, really powerful, really vulnerable, and and great read. Will, what about you? What do you have for the outlet pass?
1: Well, somebody that I love dearly uh, actually has a whole YouTube channel of affirmations and things that they... Uh, that they practice regularly, uh, my wife Mary Ellen Brown, has a whole YouTube channel full of it. a lot of it is prenatal she 's a you know special specialist yoga instructor for prenatal yoga but um uh, a lot of it is you know affirmations for a happy day and uh, other uh, various affirmations features a lot of lovely waterfalls, creeks, and scenery around in and around Ithaca as well so um, you get a sense of uh, the place in which I I live and reside. And so, um, uh, yeah. So I think, uh, anytime you can find a few minutes, uh, to practice affirmations, I think is, uh, is important in terms of building, you know, the, the elements, uh, and, and feeling love for yourself and, you know, allowing yourself to uh, get in the mindset of, uh, giving and receiving love. I just want to
3: challenge uh, anybody who's listening and to, Get in your phone, text five people, call five people, and remind them that you love them, and why you love them. Yes. Tell them what they you know what they, what they brought to you, why why it matters. I guarantee you will change somebody's entire life with a text like that. I, I just I just know it. I just know it because I've done it and I've seen it happen.
0: Before we go today, we've got a new segment here on the Men Up podcast. It is a moment for us to pause and to acknowledge what we've gotten wrong. You know, we know that whether it's in an episode or in real life, we're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna misstep and overstep and maybe not fully practice the things we preach. So we like to make sure that during every episode, we leave some space to call our own fouls. And I actually want to acknowledge something that I didn't do back in episode one of the Men Up podcast. So during the outlet pass, we were talking about resources that really have allowed us to level up, particularly around uh, leading with listening. I talked about the podcast, Higher Learning. At the time, I did not acknowledge the two people that are the hosts of that podcast, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. Shout out to them, and it is so important, we've talked about this before, to acknowledge the people that are doing incredible work, and particularly for me as a white man to acknowledge people that are doing tremendous work that are whether they are black or they are people of color or they're lgbtq folks people that are doing tremendous work that are not like myself it is so important for me for all of us to acknowledge those people by name right because too often those people are literally marginalized by not actually having their name known all right y'all that is it for today's episode Thank you for joining us. And if you like what you heard, if you're leaving with a level up, please subscribe, review, and spread the good word of the Men Up Podcast so that we can all thrive. And you can join us every week on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And until next time, we are the four guys looking forward. And this is the Men Up Podcast.